Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and John Mallory. Well, David, you don't look like Mallory. You're actually you're better looking than Mallory because you have lot, hair. I have a lot one. more hair. That's, and you have more and that's hair. And you're, you're, you're better looking than Mallory. Uh, my name's Tom Zappala, and subbing, subbing for JM is our crack producer, David Martinez. David, welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, JM uh, is on assignment. We don't know where the hell he is, but uh, he's on assignment somewhere. So uh, David's going to be filling in. We have a great show today. We have our dear friend who's been with us since day one, Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. Let's bring Brian in right now. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you Excellent. doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we also have, in a few minutes, uh, Lee Behrens from Sterling Sports, I think, is going to join us for a couple of minutes. He's got a, an auction coming on. And then later on in the show, <clears throat> excuse me, we have two of the key people for the national. Um, well, uh, one of the key. Well, David Gelfman. David Very is handling the uh, uh, the pavilion, the Burka stage, mm-hmm. all the activity and events at the Burka stage. And then our good friend Joe Drellick is going to be joining us from East Coast Sports Marketing. You got I, it. I always, I always screw that no, up. No, you got those. <clears throat> so Joe's, Joe's going to be joining us later on, talk about the national. Brian, you're going to be at the national. You're looking forward to it? Absolutely, every year. It's Christmas in July. I'll tell you, man. <laughs> you know, there's been a couple of nationals where you've been the headline, as we all know. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, for whatever reason, you pick something up, someone walks up to you and uh, hands you a consignment, is like jaw dropping, and the buzz goes through the whole the whole convention center. Uh, that that's happened a couple of times. So yeah, uh, I've been fortunate. No. It's good timing. It's it's worked out. But uh, I just look forward to the national every year. Uh, I've probably been to oh thirty some odd nationals. This will be the twenty fifth show we've set up at, and we have two booths. And we're bringing. Uh, we actually are going to have an ongoing auction, not at the show, but live during the show, and then it'll culminate the uh, uh, Saturday after the show. We've got some great material, so it'll be fun to bring that out and display uh, some really great material at the show. And it's always great to meet and greet our customers and be around dealers and friends that that uh, that I've been around for for quite honestly ever. You know, we talk about that, David. We've talked about this on the air. We, we've talked about this uh, ad nauseum. Um, it's amazing how you guys are all competitors. But then sure. you guys are all friends, you know. Like, yeah. I, you know, I talk about like you and and Thomas Sulo and Grady. JP and 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 Derek and yeah. uh, you know uh, Brian Dwyer. You guys all—it's like a fraternity, man. And you guys, you guys are, are heavy competitors against each other. But when all is said and done, at the end of the night, you have no problem going out for a cocktail or some dinner and just hanging out. You know what? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it's tough uh, competition, friendly competition, but tough 
at the show. Everybody wants to win. But I think we have such a great deal of respect for one another for what it is we've we do what we've done in the past, how this industry has built itself and what we've been through and, and on the way up to where the industry is currently that um, that there's a great deal of camaraderie and friendship. And a lot of the guys in this business uh, are some of my very best friends. Yeah. And, and I think with business, uh, it seems to me a business like this is it's all about relationships. Absolutely, the relationships no you question. build between the 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 rival auction houses, but even the relationships with the consigners too. Oh, for sure, for sure, and that's what the national really has become. You know, at one point in time, and it still is for for a great deal of people, but at one point in time, it was you know sales heavy, and, and now it's it, it's really a great place for us to meet and greet and uh, interact with our customers that we've known in some cases for many, many years. Now. Brian, you know, the other thing is this, which I, I find uh, intriguing is, sure. I mean, there are X amount of consigners that are real high end, high dollar cons- consigners. And it's, it's amazing how, not one consigner is married to one auction house. Am I, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, a guy, I don't know, I throw a name out, a guy like Marshall Fogel may be dealing with, with Brian Drett this year or, or J.P. Cohen next year or, or Derek Grady the year after. It's interesting how those consigners really, really kind of mix it up with you guys and – the other thing is that you guys do a lot of business with each other. I mean, you guys will barter back and forth like you and Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Listen, we're going to take a quick – you stay right, stay put yep. with us. But uh, we're going to bring in uh, our good friend who uh, kind of got the uh, time uh, – Eastern time kind of goofed up a it's little tricky. bit. But that's okay. It's tricky. Uh, it's tricky. <laughs> Lee Behrens from Sterling Sports Auction. Lee – Lee, I don't know if you know Brian. I know the name. I've uh, been in this auction a few times, and other than that, I don't think I've had the pleasure. <laughs> hey, of Lee, you. how are you doing? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. You know, this is a good example. <clears throat> this is a good example of of what we're talking about. So here you have, you know, you have uh, Brian. Quite frankly, and Lee knows this is one of the largest auction houses uh, in, in the sports memorabilia business. Mm-hmm. And Lee is a smaller auction house, but they both have their niche. They both have their customer base and it works. I mean, everybody gets along with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it is. Uh, I mean, between whether it's you're bidding on them or if something doesn't fit into your auction, you know, you might have a relationship with another auction site to it, Tell people to go check out that auction. Site. Absolutely. Right on. All right, Lee, tell us about your auction. What do you got going on? The current auction we have it closes tomorrow. Uh, we have uh, over 350 lots. A few of the quick highlights are we got a great selection of T206s again with some tougher backs, including uh, Carolina Brights. Uh, there's a Cobb Green portrait, a Cobb Bad Off. Yeah, I saw that. Some, uh, we got a a Joss with a Tolstoy back. Very nice. We'll have to see what the glare we got going on here. Uh, Lajaway portraits is always important. Uh, there, one neat thing that I got is a large collection of Z-nuts hmm. with most of the popular players in there, the Hall of Famers that were in the set, the Cubans, Native Americans, uh, 
there's a lot. This is the Bancroft uh, pre-rookie. Yep. There's Lazeri's in there. Uh, it was really a nice uh, consignment that came in unexpectedly that uh, I think a lot of people, you just don't see them, the very low population report. And these are all very presentable cards, some of them as high as PSA 7. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Did you have a question, David? Yeah. Uh, how was it like putting this auction together? Do you have uh, uh, how many how many lots do you have, and and what were the consigners like? Do you have a, a wide this array? One, this auction in this time frame always seems to be a little bit of a, a struggle. I think if people are busy in the springtime, mm -hmm. it's always been uh, numbers wise less than uh, a lot of them. But the quality of this one, which was three hundred and fifty lots, nice, is really good. I was we're happy with the quality on it. But, it's hit or miss. I mean, I've got two collections right now I'm working on for the next auction. It'll probably be spread over a couple of them because of the size of them right now. Lee, what about the National? Are you going to be at the National? <clears throat> this year, I will not be just because of the logistics for myself to uh, get there. To being in Minnesota, I have to fly into Philadelphia, try to take a car, and it just doesn't work out for me to. Uh, I'd love to be there, but the Cost-wise, I can't uh, balance that out yet. Yeah, no, I, I uh, you know, listen, that's that's understandable. You know, uh, we've talked about that in the past. I want to talk to Brian later on about that, about the national, and you know, maybe you know, reconfiguring it a little bit at some point in time so everybody can go to a national. Uh, but you know, you never know. Uh, you've had a great year. Uh, you've had a great two years, correct? Yes, it's been very, very good. I mean, the prices continue strong. Uh, the, there seems to be a little bit of leveling off, but uh, it, they're, overall, it, it's really a pretty strong market out there yet. Hopefully, it stays that strong. Well, you know, again, before we let you go, uh, last week we had the guys from Cod Ladder on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they, you know, they they showed us the analytics, and it seems as though the vintage market is still holding holding firm, and even still appreciating a little bit. And the modern market is what's uh, modern and ultra modern seems to be softening. So that's you know, I think we we made that prediction mm -hmm. a year ago yeah. that you know at some point in time, uh, Brian and I have talked about it, and uh, a couple of other guys. Uh, at some point in time, it's, I'm not saying the bubble's going to burst, but I think things are kind of evening out. But the good point is that it seems as though, and they, again, they showed us the, 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 the data, a lot of these modern, ultra-modern collectors slash investors are starting to expand into the vintage market, which is a good sign. Very yeah, good sign. I, I agree with that. I think, and Brian's been probably around as long as I have into the 80s, uh, cards have been a solid investment. Uh, I mean, as long as you get into the vintage and uh, the pre-war, it's it just, you can't go wrong with it. And there, you see a fallback of investors when they, they'll pull their money out of the stock market to go buy cards. When I had a card store, I mean, we absolutely saw that quite a bit. Uh, what's your website address? Uh, Sterlingsportsauctions.com. Uh, they say they closes on Thursday. Uh, got to have initial bid in by 8, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There you hey. go. There you go. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, and then, then you can uh, get into extended bidding, and uh, the whole auction is open for bidding. It's a little different than a lot of them. I don't do a lot-by-lot lot closing, or if you have just one bid in, you can bid on every lot in the auction and extended bidding. Nice. Fantastic. All right, Lee, listen, we're going to miss you at the National, but we'll see you down the road at some point. 
Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Take Appreciate care. Thanks, Lee. Lee Barons from Sterling Sports Auction. Nice guy. Yeah, he is. nice guy. Yeah, the, the smaller the smaller uh, auction houses are, are fun to have on. Yeah, yeah. You want to see, see you know you want to see everybody succeed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know Lee Lee has told me in the past Lee's a two man operation. That's crazy. Him and his wife. Can you imagine that? Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's just you like to see that, Brian, right? For sure, absolutely. That's the backbone of our business. Yep. Um, and so. You know, like you had made mention, there there's a place for everybody in this business on the dealer auction house side as well as collector side. So there's something for everybody. I know that uh, Lee runs a nice uh, auction. I wish him nothing but the best for tomorrow uh, or excuse me, Thursday's uh, close. And and hopefully it's a successful auction for uh, for Sterling. Brian, let's get back to I mean, Brian, let's get back to what we were, I was we were talking to Lee about. Where um, I, I don't know if you you heard us, but the uh, last week we had uh, the gang from Cod Ladder on, which mm-hmm. I, quite frankly I was very impressed. Yeah, with it's them. really interesting. I really was impressed with them because sure. they really, really have their finger on the pulse. It's almost like the stock market, absolutely, of what's going on. I mean, there's no fluff there. They're hard, hard. That's hard data, and they indicated to us last week that the modern and ultra-modern market is softening and that the vintage market has remained strong and is still kind of even creeping up. Point being, uh, they also said, and again, they, they look at the data, that it seems as though the young investors slash collectors, the guys that were flipping cards uh, mm-hmm. a year ago, seem to be expanding into the vintage market. Are you seeing anything like that? Yeah, there's no question about it. I think uh, uh, what you're talking about is is absolutely relevant in that they're using hard data. I mean, those are real numbers to, to substantiate what they're saying. I've always looked at it and continue to look at it, and I think it bears out that the vintage side of the market is like the blue chip stock side of the stock market, whereas modern, ultra modern becomes like tech stocks. And look, we all want to conclude in our portfolio something that's going to hit a home run. Right. And but we want the security that uh, blue chip stocks offer. Um, And so when the market does start to level or even weaken a little from a white hot level to just a hot level, if you will, um, I think the safe money goes to vintage. And I think that some of the uh, maybe more wise guys if that in the in the uh ultra modern and modern space maybe want to uh learn vintage dabble in vintage just for the security that it may offer so uh follow up on his question and your response is there something on on your side on the auction house side when you see uh in this case the the modern modern or ultra modern market soften a little bit is there any adjustment that you make in your auctions at all or are you good, just gonna good question let it yeah that's a great question it, it really is and, and, and you know without having to think very much about it I, I think absolutely um one thing that we're always more apt to do is extend um uh cash advances mm-hmm. for vintage versus modern and also when the market's retracting a little bit on modern and ultra modern our uh, our cash advances in that area may not be as strong mm. just because i don't know where the market's going well not only that up. brian but and again especially we do still buy stuff 
and, and to put in our own auctions, we may just pull back be a little, a little bit. bit more, um, you know, conservative and pull back a little when it comes to modern and, and, and uh, ultra modern in terms of purchases versus vintage. I mean, like I, I still can't wrap my arms around, you know, why would you give a cash advance for a John Morant card, for instance, or, 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 a, you know, a year and a half ago, a Zion Williamson card when sure. there's millions of them out there. Now, if you're going to give a cash advance for a, uh, I don't know, a Christy Mathewson PSA 7 or PSA 9 T206 card, that's a whole different story. Feels a lot more comfortable. Doesn't, doesn't it? Right? <laughs> right? I mean, I, I just... I, I, it doesn't I, take that much thought to think, uh, this seems to be backed by something a little bit more it, than the other side. It, exactly. Brian, what about... I want to get your thoughts on memorabilia. Um, you know, I've, I'm, this is from a personal standpoint. I've switched gears simply because... You know, I I was working on a card collection for you know thirty years, and sure. just I wanted to I wanted something fresh, so uh, I got rid of you know most of my T two hundred six cards to private sales. Uh, kept I've kept my Hall of Famers, and I've kind of gravitated towards some of the memorabilia that's out there. Uh, is is the memorabilia market game used memorabilia market still hot? And I know it's I, I know it's it's a more steady market than, for instance, uh, vintage cards. But is there still is it still a good investment? Yeah, for sure. I I think it uh, may actually be a better investment right now in terms of future appreciation, just because so much of that memorabilia, whether it be game used, whether it be uh, photography, whether it be um, you know, advertising pieces is so much more limited than even some of the cards, uh, especially mid-grade cards, that uh, the opportunity uh, for upside is probably greater in that in that area than than maybe even cards right now. Do you? And have- we're starting to see it, especially with some of the authentication in place for game used and things of that nature, especially uh, Photoshop or uh, photo matches. So for your, for your private, we got about a minute before the break, David. Yes. For your, like you personally, your private collection, I'm sure you have a private collection. Do you gravitate uh, towards cards, memorabilia, or a little of both? You know what's funny is I don't have any cards. You don't. That's, no, <laughs> I, I, I love cards. Yeah. I, I own cards. Yeah. But they're part of the business. Uh, my, the major portion of my collection is game used. Uh, so I have a game used Ruth bat. I have a game used Williams bat. I have, uh, you know, Gretzky game used Jersey, a uh, couple Ripken jerseys, a Rose Jersey. Nice. Uh, See, that's the stuff that no way uh, right around his rookie year. See, that's the stuff that's really been intriguing to me. I, that's yeah. what I've been starting to do. You know, and some of my stuff again, because of my mentality, I, I go back to the T two hundred six stuff. You know, I just picked up. A, you know, I have I have a, a really cool uh, uh, Christie mattress in T two hundred six. It's a high grade, and then I have in my in my little case uh, on my piano, I have my pitching in a pinch, first edition. <laughs> Yeah, and then next to him though I have a Chief Myers T two hundred six, a high grade T two hundred six Chief Myers, and then I just picked up one of I think one of two signed baseballs by Chief Myers, uh, his, who was Christie's battery mate, 
And sure. so it's kind of like, you know, that's kind of the stuff I'm gravitating towards. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We are chatting with Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. We have a lot to talk about. Brian says everything's open game today. Ooh. So we're going to take advantage of that because one thing about you, Brian, is you're not afraid to tell it like it is. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back and we are chatting with Brian Drent from A Mile High Card 
company. Brian, let's talk first of all about the uh, modern market. Is it is the bubble bursting, in your opinion, or is it just correcting itself? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think uh, it, the bubble's not bursting. Um, I think it's absolutely a correction in terms of, you know, the value of great modern material, uh, some of the limited, uh, you know, the more limited, the better. Um, that stuff seemingly holding its, its value. It, it's the uh, base issues that we're seeing, uh, you know, that, that are struggling with prices right now. So I think people are understanding uh, to collect the very best from each segment of the market, whether it's modern, ultra modern, and or vintage, collect the best from those segments, and you'll be okay. Uh, but but we're seeing a correction for sure. Brian, um, last week or might have been ten days or so, uh, Bill Gates had an article and he talked a lot about Bitcoin and he thought that was a scam. But he also mentioned NFTs as something that he didn't find to be real. Um, how, what is your opinion on that? And I know we're all trying to learn about it. I know you're trying to sure. learn about more about NFTs, but where do you stand on NFTs? I'm not incredibly well versed with NFTs. Um, I absolutely understand the process and understand the, uh, uh, NFTs in general. I, I know where Bill Gates is coming from and I don't agree with everything Bill Gates always says. So I'm on a little bit different side of things sometimes than Bill Gates maybe. But with that said, I I think what he is saying is exactly true. It's nice to put your money with something that backs it up. Mm. Um, You know, it seems as with crypto, it it seems kind of uh, smoke and mirrors ish, if you will. Yeah. And, And so during times of uh, some question, you know, you don't want to base your portfolio with smoke and mirrors. Do you do you think if I could just follow no, up? Go ahead. Uh, I work at a at another place with a lot of young people, and there's several of they're in their late twenties that are in heavily into NFTs. Are they really? Oh, yeah, big time. <clears throat> heavily into NFTs, and I'm wondering too if there's a little bit of a generational thing where they understand the digital aspect of it a little bit better or more comfortable with it, maybe. You know, that's a great point. I I do think that that may well be the case. Um, I do think, though, nobody ever goes broke taking a profit. And and there's always a point where just take your money off the table. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, you know, with, with crypto or NFTs, I've lost this, I've lost that, I've lost this. Well, you really haven't lost anything. You've actually made money. You just have lost possible profits or profits that were on paper. That's a good point. Take your money off the table once in a while. That's a damn good point. And you know what? The same thing can be said about cards. You know, we just worked with a a customer and a consigner now that uh, had an extensive collection. He gave us a great deal of material. We're really excited to be able to showcase it at the upcoming national in Atlantic city. And, And it was time for him to take some money off the table, you know, take some off the stack. It's okay once in a while. Brian, which leads me to another question, uh, you know, regarding um, the the whole modern nuance, and that's um, fractional buying. What, sure. is, what, no. what is your opinion? I, again, I'm I'm still on the fence. I mean, I've uh, about the whole fractional buying concept. 
And it's funny because I've talked to a lot of uh, uh, auctioneers, dealers, and it's almost like it's 50-50. Some, some are big supporters of it. Some are looking at it with a little jaundiced eye. What, yeah, what are your thoughts? I'll tell you something. We talked a little bit off air about this. And, and I think fractional ownership is most likely here to stay. It's accentuated in a white hot market. There's a great place for fractional ownership. Number one, the money has gotten so big on some items that ownership of those type of items isn't a possibility for a great deal of collectors anymore. So it's better to own a piece of that item than obviously nothing of that item or or not own it at all. With that said, I think fractional ownership is accentuated in an extremely hot market. Its place becomes lesser in a market that's adjusting or is, you know, maybe not as white hot as we've seen. And so as our market levels off, I think the place for fractional ownership potentially could level off. And that's where, uh, you know, I, you know, I have friends and people I know that are in the fractional space. The last thing I want to do is is upset them. But in reality, it it conflicts with my business. Um, it, It conflicts with the auction business. Um, that said, I have nothing against it, but I just think there's a time and place for it. And a strong to ultra strong market is the place when the market adjusts a little bit. I think their business may be, uh, on the decline. You know, something I, I, I think uh, you, you hit it pretty much on the head. It's, it's, it's almost like there's a lot of, you know, the hobby has been around for a long time, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of new things that have just popped up yeah. in the last two or three years. And it's like, what's hot, what's not, what's right, what's wrong, what's going to work, what's not going to work. It's like, you know, what? we're seeing things in our market that other businesses have done for a long time. We've seen people that we know come and go from certain positions, uh, you know, transfer, you know, move to other companies and, you know, in other industries that are more mature than ours, you know, that's called a Tuesday, you know. Right, uh, right. You know, in this industry, it's become what it, it's eye opening to us. We've also seen different things, you know, with fractional ownership, with, uh, you know, skyrocketing prices on ultra modern with, uh, you know, whether it's hockey or excuse me, uh, soccer, Formula One, um different sports gaining traction. All of these things are taking place. And really it's a, it's a great place in our business because it's the maturation of our business. Interesting. Go ahead. Uh, um, Brian, when you, you're a reasonably large auction house, do you, you guys go back and look at um, what was hot for particular auctions? And can you sense trends and do you direct, uh, do you take, the next auction and the next auction and kind of shape that towards that trend at all? You know, we absolutely see trends. I wish I could sit there and, and try to make plays on exactly where the trends are. Right. Um, you know, listen, we sell what we get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, I, I'm not going to try to, you know, pull, pull the uh, wool over anybody. You know, but uh, we, So, 
Yes and no. Mm-hmm. When basketball came, became incredibly hot, it seemed obviously that our auctions as well as our competitors had a great abundance of basketball. Um, basketball is still hot. So you see that. Um, the one thing that I would say is we absolutely do see trends. This is a cyclical business, just like any business. Right. And if you're not at the forefront of it, it's really hard to, hard to spot the trends. And that's why I always tell people, you know, if you're working with an auction house or a dealer, work with somebody that you do, in fact, trust that's in the trenches because they'll be able to spot trends and help point you in the right direction. Brian, uh, have you been involved? Did you get caught up in the Pokemon phenomena? Uh, yeah, we have, we, we've, we've had to, um, you know, I kind of, I'll be completely honest at some points I shunned Pokemon, uh, just because it just wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't what we do. We brought on a person, um, that, that really has helped us in the modern market, ultra modern market, and, and even specifically into the Pokemon market because the values uh, we're so extraordinary that we couldn't turn a blind eye to it. it it's kind of like, you know, at the beginning, ESPN wouldn't uh, do anything with UFC. And, and then, you know, they wouldn't even report on UFC. And then now it's the lead story on a Saturday night. That's, uh, a, that's, Center. that's a big, so that, that is, to, that's huge. That's huge in the NFT market. Yeah. yeah, you, you always have enormous. to have your eyes wide open. That's what being in business is. Understanding where the trends are, understanding what's going on, understanding where your business is, and more importantly, sometimes where your competitor's business is. Hmm. Brian, are you concerned with so many of the security breaches that are occurring across the country with break-ins and in, in, in little card oh, yeah. shops and 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 not only that but the whole the whole thing about forgeries and fraud and i mean it's become such a uh, such a lucrative market it, it seems like you know all of these undesirables are really trying to infiltrate the hobby yeah i mean there's no question about it where people see value where people see monetary gain and, and uh money quite honestly is where you're going to see fraud. And, you know, it sickens me. It really does when I see friends of mine, people I know that own brick and mortar shops that are being broken into. And and some of the break-ins are becoming, uh, some are elaborate, some are smash and grabs. Um, But, you know, it's very, very unfortunate Um, but I don't see it stopping right now. Uh, You know, it's, unfortunately, there's a crime wave in in the United States that uh, proliferates, and it's, to some degree, it's too easy. Yeah. You know, these guys, they're not being caught most of the time. It's going to be real interesting. they get caught is when they go to sell the material. I'll tell you what, it's going to be real interesting this year at the National. I think think the security is going to be off the charts. Really? Oh, I, I, really I really think do. It needs to be. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I mean, it's there's, just. There's, is there theft at the national? As oh well? God, is there, there really? There's been some. There's been some tremendous theft wow. over the years. I'll tell you, we we employed. I think it was last year. I, yeah, it was last year in Chicago. We employed uh, uniformed police officers at our booth because we had a T206 Honus Wagner. But for that, when don't we? 
Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that. You're like the king. <laughs> the king of the Wagners. No, it's the truth. I think you and, you and Dwyer have kind of like a race going on between the two of you. You guys take turns. You and Brian. So anyways, we, we had these guys working at, at uniformed police officers in the booth two at a time. And they shared with us some of the crime that happens more specifically in Chicago and showed us videos on their phone. It was staggering what it really is. And it sounds crazy, but there's a band of gypsies around Chicago and they come in, whether it be a sports memorabilia show, whether it be a gem show, a coin show, and they work in tandems. And they showed us videos of how it's done. And they will literally go up to a booth more specifically at a gem show and they'll spend twenty to forty thousand dollars, but they'll they'll do so to basically distract the the people running the booth so Imagine the that. other part of their crew can steal. That's crazy. And it is it's unbelievable. I, they showed us videos on their phone of, of these heists. What? I have a question on the on the national, and you, you're going to have material there, right? You're going to have items For there. Sure, a lot of material. I, I, what is the traveling the shipping of those items that's a, that's what is the behind the I've scenes i've always wondered that i would i have too i was wondering we that. actually um we employ a several different ways of going about it whether it be on our person or we've used uh fedex we've also uh used brinks to deliver some of our material and i think that's one thing that we as an industry need to look into much further than than we currently do i know in the coin industry they, they have Brinks come pick up and deliver their material on a, on a relatively every show basis. Really? And um, with the values of our material now and our, our, our items and collections, uh, I think that's something that myself as, as running Mile High Card Company and a lot of my competitors need to really look into. Brian, we have a few minutes left, and this is probably the most important question in the entire show. Did the Red Sox make a mistake with Trevor's story? Oh, man, he's a pretty nice ball player. He, we're, he, he, his production's been okay. The batting average is low. I mean, he's, he, had, he had a streak. You know, he's got nine home runs, and he had a streak where he hit like six or seven of them in two weeks. But, man, I mean, he's got a good glove, man, but he's not doing much. And the, the Boston fans are starting to get a little antsy because, you know, he's, he's a long-termer. And, man, if you don't produce – I mean, we've seen it. We saw it with Julio – not Julio, you go uh, – what's his name? Uh, I can't remember. There's a couple There's of them. There's a bunch of them at the time. That, if they don't produce, man, after a year, year and a half, the fans become relentless. Is he, is he going to be okay? Yeah, I think he'll be okay. I mean, one thing to keep in mind, and you guys know it better than anybody, playing in Boston is a lot different than playing in Denver. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, because, unfortunately, the Rockies, their ownership, they don't care if they win or lose. Right, yeah. They really don't care. And Denver, uh, we're, we're in the Stanley Cup. The Avalanche are incredibly Oof. doing incredibly well. Yeah, they're great. Uh, but with that said – you know, it's a Bronco town all the time. Yeah. And, and baseball doesn't matter. Unfortunately in Boston, or fortunately for you guys, Boston, you know, baseball is a big deal. Yeah. And so playing here, you're kind of under the radar. He can go out and put up numbers versus, and there's not a lot of pressure. Well, you know, and, I've noticed and, that. I mean, we've had players come through the, 
through the doors that just can't perform under the big lights? Yeah, that's a big question that I would have asked Brian last year. Is does he have Cal the right Crawford. person? Cal Crawford was a perfect example. Um, Cal Crawford collapsed. Do they have the right personality for that kind yeah. of attention? You know, New, New York, the, the Rockies, the year or two before, um, they had um, DJ LeMahieu, hmm. and uh, I think um, you know the Yankee fans. Uh, not to bring up a sore subject, but the Yankee fans, they were so excited about Stanton. And I kept telling people, don't sleep on LeMahieu. He's only won two batting titles there and produced every year. And so he was able to transition and play on a big stage. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Arenado last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to fit in a little bit in St. Louis, but he's played well. He's played real so well. So not everybody can transition and do that in a baseball town. Uh, Brian, we have a couple of, uh, couple of minutes left. What's hot and what's not? Man, I'll tell you, it seems to me uh, pre-war seems to be really hot right now. Uh, our last auction, some of the prices were really extraordinary. I had to look long and hard through our March 31st auction to even find items that I didn't think performed well. Uh, we have a great deal of uh, pre-war in the upcoming auction. So I'd say pre-war is really hot and uh, you know, to go back against what, uh, onto what we talked about already, it seems to me that uh, ultra modern is, is probably not hot. And uh, so you have an auction that's, uh, when does the auction start? Yeah, it's going to start uh, July 18th and we'll finish up August 6th. So, so it'll be live during the national ongoing. Uh, we'll have a great deal of uh, material at the show. That's in the auction. Display. That'll be in the auction. Yeah. So people, so auction. that's important. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you know, if you're at the national and you want a close up look at some of the stuff that you're bidding, that's what you need to do. Yeah. We're at booth uh, 840 and 741. Stop by. We'll obviously be taking consignments. We're going to be buying and then we'll have a great deal of the material from the auction at the booth. Brian JM is going to be going around with a little camera guy and uh, they'll be doing some interviews. So obviously we'll see you at the national and you can go to milehighcardco.com. Milehighcardco.com. I finally got it right, brother. Woo! All right, Brian, we look forward to seeing you at the National. All right, see you guys there. Be well. Take care. Thanks. Take care, Brian. Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. Good guy. Let's take a break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Hopefully, we'll be chatting with Joe Drellick and David Gelfman. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Online auction specializing in autograph memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. 
you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden Auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport. Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions, here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. 
Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag. And every tag is NFC enabled so you can see the detailed specs. eBay Authenticity Guarantee. No fakes, no fraud, no doubt ebay is the place to go for all your memorabilia sports or non-sports cards autographs and much more whether it's a gift for that special someone or you just want to add to your own collection ebay's huge marketplace should be your first stop and if you sell now is the time to flip your card to get some extra cash i shop on ebay all the time that's ebay connecting buyers and sellers Globally. You know, you should buy me something on eBay. I should? That would be a nice gesture on your part. I'll get you something real nice. You promise? Yeah. How about a Pokemon card? I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, listen. We're going to bring in right now two gentlemen that are going to be at the National, and they both have important parts at the National. Joe Drellick from ECSM, East Coast Sports Marketing. Right. Pretty good. And Dave Gelfman. Is it David or Dave? What do you like? Dave, David, it all works. David. Gelfman, whatever you like. (laughs) David Gelfman from Ripping Wax. And David's also heading up the Breaks uh, Pavilion at the the National LaBurka Stage. stage, So I want to talk to both of you guys. By the way, JM is uh, on assignment today. Joe, you know David. Uh, So David's uh, substituting for... uh, for John and Rico is on the golf course p- playing in a ch- another chair. This guy plays in more damn charity <laughs> goddamn golf. It's amazing. It's amazing. Every week he gets to play a free round of golf. Well, they know they can beat him, so. No matter where he yeah. goes. Where are you? I'm on the golf course. What are you doing? Ah, charity thing. That's all he does is play charity golf. <laughs> He plays, you know who he plays with once in a while? Dwight Evans. Does he really? And Evans is worse than he is. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he's, they're both hacks. Wow. Anyway, let's get to uh, David, you first. You've got, I know you've been out straight, uh, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, you're in Miami right now. You've got a lot of things going on. Y- y- you're going to be heading up, and I know there's a, a lot we can't talk about yet regarding the, uh, the, the Berka stage and the Brakes Pavilion, but can you kind of give us an overview of there's going to be activities there pretty much all weekend, correct? Sure. Um, yeah. So, so first off, we've been running the Case Break Pavilion since its inception in 2014, um, and every year we've seen uh, substantial growth. This year uh, is by far the largest, the biggest that we've ever had. Uh, there's going to be over 150 different breaking slash streaming uh, businesses that are going to be uh, presenting on the show floor in the Case Break Pavilion. Um, you know, we still have our extended hours on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 10 a.m. until midnight. Uh, we're getting all kinds of requests for huge, um, you know, production type events on the main stage. Uh, I was just actually asked yesterday if uh, we'd create some time for someone, to, uh, someone to do a 2003, uh, 04, um, case break of, uh, product is, uh, Lost me at the second, but it's the it's the best it's the best LeBron James rookie product that there is. Uh-huh. So, uh, I think it's about a five or six hundred thousand dollar case break that would that would happen. Oh, wow! And uh, obviously, we're fortunate enough. Uh, they they've been gracious enough uh, to invite us back to do the show from mm-hmm. the stage, and uh, David's going to be joining us. So we're going to get a couple of other guys to join us on that Friday. So uh, we're excited about it. And uh, obviously, with the we'll, we what we're going to do is. Uh, we'll be broadcasting the show over a period of time uh, in little snippets on the PSA Facebook page, YouTube, nice. 
Sports Collectors Daily, all the different uh, platforms. So, so that's good. Now, Joe, on the other hand, you're going to be there. Why don't you tell us about some of the stuff that's going to be going on at the ECSM booth? Well, primarily, um, we're proud to be partnered up with uh, James Fiorentino, uh, the artist that uh, you guys have had on uh, the show, I think, a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, so our booth is going to be dedicated to James, uh, James's current artwork projects. Uh, we're collaborating with James, an idea that um, James and I, speaking of the golf course, thought up on the golf course uh, during COVID and, uh, you know, exhibiting uh, some of the fine artwork that James has produced over the last two years. Uh, the project is called There's Only One, the most iconic trading cards of all time. Uh, they're one-of-a-kind uh, pieces of artwork that'll be on display. Um, some of them are already sold, uh, and the uh, the buyers have, have allowed us to, to bring them and exhibit them, which we're excited about, and, and there'll be a few pieces that'll be for sale as well. Uh, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to that. And again, uh, you guys have been gracious enough to invite us uh, to – we're basically going to have like kind of a soft book launch of our nice. new book – uh, that'll be uh, launched at, at the booth uh, on Saturday uh, from 10 to 12. Myself, along with uh, Ellen and John Mallory, Joe Orlando, and James, because James made some beautiful contributions to the new book, uh, yeah. the, the Diamondbacks Collection. Uh, trying to get Kenny Kendrick out there. We're keeping our fingers <laughs> crossed. I says, you know, that'd be a nice, nice gesture for you to get out there. But obviously, he's he's a he's, he's a busy a little, guy. A little busy. A little busy. Um, Let's get back to David for a minute. Hey, David, can we talk about ripping wax? Or I know you guys are under some. You 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 mentioned that there's some changes happening, but you want to give us kind of an overview? Sure. Uh, well, in addition to running the Case Break Pavilion at the National, once again, since we've been doing that since 2014, uh, we've also had uh, numerous amounts of breaking operations that have been under the ripping wax umbrella. So we do a lot of B2C in the form of case breaking. Uh, we also do uh, B2B in the form of um, sealed boxes and cases sales uh, to retail as well as wholesale. Uh, we do uh, grading group submissions uh, to many of the grading companies. Um, and what we've been really focusing on over the last, you know, two and a half years or so is is uh, soccer, actually. We've been uh, investing in uh, really the, the most high-end, high-graded um, soccer cards that we can find in, in you know, high grade of Messi, Ronaldo, Pele, Maradona. And of course, there's others that are going to be playing uh, for Team USA for the first time, uh, you know, come November in the World Cup. So definitely looking forward to that as well. Very, very, very cool. I mean, it's, it's, you guys have so much stuff that's going on. David and I have a little history. Uh, how, how long ago was that, David? About four or five, five years ago? Uh, yeah, about that. About so that. we were, Joe. You know, we were on stage. Uh, David uh, was with the. Actually, you were the founder of Vintage Breaks, weren't you? Yeah. So I originally had had the name, but uh, I would say that Leighton was also a co-founder of, of that particular you know uh, business. But yeah. So, so Rick and, and I are on stage. stage. We're on stage with David and, and Leighton, mm -hmm. and we're doing a, a pack opening, uh, and it was a fifty-five Bowman pack, and. I'm here, Rico's here, Leighton, David, and he pulls a 1955 Bowman Mickey Mantle. Oof. And Leighton screams. I think David had a gasp. Uh, Rico said to David, I don't want to touch the card. I do not want to touch the card. He was afraid he was going to ruin it. They sent the card down to PSA right away, and the card came back graded a nine, wasn't it, David? Yes. 
So actually, it was a it was a cello pack that right. had uh, twenty cards in it, and we had sold the the spots for five hundred dollars a spot. Oof. And uh, so I, I believe it was card number seventeen where it was hit. It so was five, <laughs> right. with one spot. Uh, the gentleman hit uh, a card that was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So the, Talk, talk about talk about a home run. Wow. Talk that about you couldn't have planned that any better. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about the, the Philly show and the CSA shows, Joe, because I know yeah, you're, 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 you're having absolutely. a little change of venue with Philly, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I do want to just touch on the, the pack because I was actually standing there as oh, well. Really? And I was actually I was actually at a booth right there. And, and the scream that, that those guys <laughs> let out was just I mean, it's definitely one of those moments that's burned in my brain. And, you know, I also wanted to say, too, it's really interesting because, you know, I think, you know, David and I have met just a couple of times because I'm, I've been friends with Leighton for such a long time. Sure. Uh, but we've never really had a chance to get together and, and chat long term. You know, it's just always been in passing. But I do want to say, like, the Vintage Breaks concept and everything, a lot of people uh, move past it because uh, breaking has become so big and it's become such a popular thing. Like, I don't know that Vintage Breaks was the founder, but I just wanted to take a moment and say, like, not only that moment that they captured in history, but from that moment forward, I feel like that was almost like the catapult where breaking just literally You're exploded. dead on. You're dead on. And, you know, I don't know what the viral views of that moment were or, you know, and I understand that, like, our hobby is kind of, like, special because even in the grand scheme of things, like if we get 30,000 views inside of our hobby, like that's major news where, you know, in the real world, it's millions of views that sure, people are looking sure. at. But in our hobby, I just remember that as being a very iconic moment. So that was. That anyway, was, I just, I, and I was standing right there. So it was super cool. That so, was a blast. <laughs> so tell us um, about the change of venue for Philly. Yeah. 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 So Philly, um, so Philly show again, you know, has been around um, literally forever. One of the oldest card shows started in 1975 by Bob Schmier. Uh, taken over uh, about 15, 18 years ago by David Hunt from Hunt Auctions. Uh, had a couple of, of, of location moves uh, just due to the building, the original building where it was um, being being sold, actually. So it went out to Reading for a while, and then David brought it back to the Valley Forge Casino, where it's been for the last 14 years. Um, my company, East Coast Sports Marketing, took it over in 2017. And um, we've been operating there as a full sellout since 2017 and just trying to accommodate, you know, the dealers and the demand that that area is just a, a fantastic area. Um, most of the trading card companies were, were in that vicinity. So people have attics and basements and it just seems like the Northeast is, is where all the cards are. So with that being said, you know, we've had we've been up against the wall for a little while now um, with size. You know, our, our show has been you know, maxed out for, for a while now, which is fantastic. And um, there's, there's a facility down the street called the Greater Oaks. Um, uh, it's, uh, I'm drawing a blank here. The Greater Oaks uh, Expo Hall. Uh, it's 240,000 square feet. It's wow. literally six miles down the street from the casino. Um, we made the move. We decided um, after, you know, surveying the dealers, getting, you know, opinions and what everybody thought, um, and we felt that that was the right move for the show. So we go from 55,000 square feet to 75,000 square feet. It'll allow us to accommodate the existing demand that we have. And there's also the ability to expand beyond that uh, with the building being 240,000 square feet. So. And the CSA show ends when? So CSA, yeah. So CSA is actually this weekend. So right, that's okay. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, this weekend. Uh, that's at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia. 
um, right outside of uh, Washington, D.C. It's only uh, six or seven miles from the airport, easy to get to. Definitely worth the trip if you haven't been down there. The show has uh, has really grown into a, a really hotbed of, of collector uh, vintage and modern. Um, we've got dealers this show from 21 different states. Uh, shows completely sold out. We've actually sold vendor space into our autograph pavilion area uh, to reach the demand that that's there. So we're excited about that this weekend. All right, guys. Well, listen, thanks for taking the time, David. If you need any help uh, from now until, you know, getting the word out for anything, just email me. Uh, if there's anything you need, uh, you know, to, to at, at the at the pavilion uh, to get the word out to the to the hobby, just just let us know and uh, we'll get it out for you. Well, thank you very much. I also just want to say in parting that it's, uh, I would uh, feel like I have to mention this year's sponsor. So the, the Case Break Pavilion this year is the Ripping Wax Case Break Pavilion powered by Whatnot. And so this is the largest sponsorship that we've ever done. Um, and they're going to be present with uh, five 30 by 30 booths wow. building. Uh, I, I can't really kind of explain it yet, but it's going to be very exciting. There's going to be a lot of things that are going on there. And uh you know, we have a work cut out for us in the next month or so. so uh, <laughs> I know you guys do have your work cut out, but it's, 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 it's going to be a blast. Guys, thank you both. And uh, we look forward to seeing both of you guys at the National. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Take care. Dave Gelfin and Joe Trellick. Two good guys. It Two is, good guys. Um, it's the season. Yeah. All right, listen, uh, we're about done. It's a wrap. Hey, you thank, you for, thank you for uh, hopping in. Do I do the read? Oh, yeah. CSA, oh, real quick. Let's, let's make some money. What? CSA Shows is proud to present the Chantilly Show being held on June 24th, this 26th. Weekend. That is this weekend, as we just heard. Held at the Dulles Expo Center in Chantilly, Virginia, just minutes from the Dulles International Airport. Celebrating over 25 years at the same location. There'll be over 300 dealer tables exhibiting over 100,000 square feet of space. Enormous. Uh, both vintage sports cards, memorabilia, as well as modern-day sports treasures. You won't have to look very far for that special card, bat, ball, or autograph. Major auction houses and third-party grading companies will be on site to assist you with your own collection and authentication needs. Some of the greatest players to ever grace the gridiron will be on hand, including Mel Blount, Chris Carter, Marshall Falk, Doug Flutie, Mean Joe Green, Richard Seymour, and many, many more. For more information, go to csashows.com. That's the Chantilly Show, where you can find all of your sports collectible treasures. Well said. Very nice job. Thank you. Chrissy, thanks as always. The lovely Chrissy Cunningham. She's absolutely beautiful. You're boom, welcome. Boom, boom, as we like to call it. Yeah, boom, boom. <laughs> That's my stage name. <laughs> it is. Uh, with that being said, again, we'll see you guys at the National next week. Uh, we Actually, just real quickly, next week we're recording two shows so that we can have Fourth of July week off. Right. So we're going to be doing two shows back to back. We'll talk about that later. But JM and Rico will both be in the house. With yes. that being said, we love you guys. Thanks for the support and happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.